0: the Mark Podcast from LifeWay Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Hindman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how he has and is marking
1: each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table.
0: We're so glad you've joined us today. Did you know we have a weekly
2: newsletter? Each Tuesday, we'll drop some encouragement and good news in your inbox. If you're looking for the latest Bible study releases, events near you, giveaways, scripture reading plans, free downloads, and more, sign up at LifeWay.com
1: forward slash women's news. Hello, and welcome to the Mark podcast. I am one of your hosts, Elizabeth Hyman,
0: and I am here with my other host, Kelly King. Hey, Kelly, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Elizabeth. You know, I'm, I know, I can't remember when this is going to air, but it is, the sun is finally shining here in Nashville, which it hasn't in like several days. And so it makes me happy when the sun is shining. And this is my favorite time of the year because fall is starting. And so I'm just going to assume that this is going to air in the fall and you yes, all are enjoying a really <laughs> wonderful fall season. Absolutely.
1: Yes. Well, we are so excited today to talk to two of our friends. Um, I know Julia's been on the podcast before, but we're excited to talk to Julia Higgins and Kristen Kellen, and um, we just want y'all to go to introduce yourselves. That's what we do on this podcast, so tell us about yourself and your ministry.
2: All right, Um, so I'm Kristen Kellen. Um, I am an assistant professor of biblical counseling here at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We're in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Um, I have been teaching here for hmm, five or six years now, but have been here for a really long time. We won't say how many years I've been here. Um, so I do a lot of teaching, a lot of counseling. Um, I have three little ones at home, uh, one-year-old now, almost three-year-old, and a five-year-old. So uh, my life is hectic and crazy, but I love it. It's great. <laughs>
3: And my name is Julia Higgins. Um, I'm originally from North Alabama. I lived in Memphis, Tennessee for about 17 years. And then about three years ago, I moved here um, to North Carolina to serve as assistant professor of ministry to women at Southeastern. Uh, I'm married to Tony Higgins. Tony serves as a biblical counselor as well. Uh, um, And we have a sweet little dog named Charlie and uh yeah that's basically me i'm serving and loving life here in north carolina
1: Love that. Well, Kelly, yeah, this, how do you feel to be surrounded by biblical counselors on this? I,
0: I was just going <laughs> to say something about that, Elizabeth. I, I was going to say, now, which one of you do I need to come talk to? Because <laughs> probably could, we can all use a little counseling. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was sitting here thinking, hmm, I think I may need to follow up some, you know, <laughs> one, of, one of the professors or you, Elizabeth, maybe one of us. So that's awesome. All right. Well, we're going to talk about the new book that's coming out. And the new book is called The Whole Woman. And it's a compilation of voices and discussing the different aspects of loving the Lord with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so, you know, Kristen, I'll let you go first. Tell us a little bit about why you felt this was a needed subject. And then, Julia, tell us a little bit about what readers can expect when they read it.
2: Yeah, so um, we're joking about being surrounded by counselors, but um, I think any counselor kind of wrestles with this um, tension of caring for people and caring for people holistically, right? Caring for their bodies, caring for their souls, and how do we do that well? Um, And it just so happened that Julia and I were having lunch one day out on the quad, and uh, we just started talking about this holistic care and how uh, we can care for other people. And our minds immediately went to, you know, the passage in scripture that talks about loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then loving our neighbor, Uh, And the natural implication being that we love them holistically so that then they can love God holistically. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it really stemmed out of uh, just this tension that I felt as a counselor and how do I care for my counselees holistically and well to enable them to follow and obey the two greatest commandments. Um, And all of this just kind of came out of that really naturally.
3: Yeah, so... To follow up on that, what readers can expect is building off of what Kristen just said about the great commandment where Jesus tells us, you know, we're supposed to love the Lord with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, they can expect to see the book laid out according to that pattern. So we have four different sections where one section is on the heart, loving God with our heart. And how do we do that with maybe our desires and our emotions? Uh, We have a section on loving God with our mind. And so that talks about renewing the mind and theological study. And then we have a section on loving the Lord with your soul. So we have someone writing on your relationship with the Lord as well as spiritual disciplines. Uh, And then the last section is on strength, loving the Lord with your physical body and also in community and relationships. So really it's divided into those four easy parts, helping us to love God in those ways and in ways we can think about helping our sisters to love the Lord in those four ways as well.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think that, that's something that we're just starting to kind of get back into is not separating all of those out. Um, cause I think in the past, we've kind of separated like, you know, loving Jesus with your heart, with your mind, with your soul. And then our bodies have been very separate from that uh, in a lot of ways. And so this is really cool to see how they all are connected and work together. Um, and so I love that this covers all four aspects and, um, will just provide some clarity on how to do that. Cause I think, we also uh, don't know how to do that <laughs> in in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. Um, we might get our minds, like we understand studying theology or we might get the hearts, like we understand devotion to the Lord, but just to try to like get them all together um, as one person, um, a whole person, that is going to be really helpful, I think, for a lot of women. So tell us a little bit about the women who contributed to the book and why it was important for you as you chose the women to to contribute and how how that process worked out. Yeah, I can jump in on this one. Um,
2: We, as we were fleshing out this idea together, uh, we were really mindful of just the strength that we as individual women have because of our experiences and our backgrounds. And so wanting to recognize that even though Julia and I work in uh, these really particularly focused fields... I'm not as strong in every area. And so what we really wanted to do was bring in other women who had uh, solid voices, women who love the Lord. um, And we know that they have strengths that we just don't. Um, And so we reached out to a number of women. Um, I'll let Julia tell you about each of them. But um, we reached out to them and just said, Hey sister, like, we love you. We love your ministry. Um, do you want to speak into this? And every single person we talked to was so excited. Um, and so we've brought that together. We also wanted to, uh, this was secondary, but we wanted to convey a sense of unity amongst, um, our Southern Baptist sisters. We live in a culture that is divisive. Uh, and so, In part, in bringing so many ladies together, um, we are unified because of Christ, even though we're very different. um, And so we wanted this also to be a picture of unity, that we're united in the gospel and in ministry together, even if we have different strengths and different areas of focus.
3: Yeah, so you're going to see different women in this book speaking to different things. Like, for example, in the introduction, we have Emily Dean. Emily uh, has written a chapter on the importance of Scripture, so kind of laying a foundation for us of going back to God's Word um, to teach us how to do all of these things. And Emily serves as a professor of ministry women at New Orleans Baptist Seminary. Uh, We also have another lady from New Orleans, Tara Dew. She writes in the Soul section on her relationship with the Lord. Tara is Jamie Dew's wife, uh, the president of New Orleans Seminary. She also herself has a a doctorate in education, and she did um, her dissertation on studying, you know, how to best serve ministers' wives. And so we knew that Tara had a lot to offer in that area. We also have a chapter written by Amy Whitfield. Amy has served the convention in so many different ways. She's currently serving at Summit Church. She's the executive director of communications there. She wrote a chapter on spiritual disciplines. Uh, We have people like Leslie Hildreth, who is in local church women's ministry, leading discipleship there. We have people like Christy Thornton. Christy just finished her um, PhD in systematic theology. And so she writes a chapter on theological study we also have a chapter written by your own kelly king she uh, wrote a, a chapter on desires and motivations we know kelly has done so much work uh, in the area of, of serving women in the local church as well and then uh we ha- we have our own missy branch i don't know if if y'all know Missy but she is just a delight and she mm-hmm. is really great at creating community here on our campus for women and so we asked her to write a chapter on community and relationships so that's just some of the the authors and some of the chapters that that you'll see in that book
0: yeah I mean I have to tell you guys like I was a little bit intimidated writing a chapter for this book because just knowing the quality of ladies that you had asked and the education they have and just how they are really, they really are gospel centered. And so I really appreciated just the opportunity to, to be part of that. And it really caused me in my own, just personal life, just to kind of really look at my own kind of desires and motivations and how does that fit into being holistic and really, really living out the great commandment. And so um, I, I think. You know it's like anything else when you are teaching something you learn the most because you've spent the time digging in. and so that was that was a really uh, fun chapter in some ways. it was also a challenging and convicting chapter mm-hmm. to write as well. But it's really for any woman. It's not it's not um, I mean, I think you can use it in a in a classroom setting, but it's not so academic that it's really mm-hmm. for anybody who wants to to learn more about that, right?
3: Yeah, sure. It's, um, you know, we wrote it with the local church in mind. And so we even have questions at the end for small group study where ladies can just go through this together and, um, and, you know, love one another through, you know, going through those questions together, helping each other to see maybe different ways, kind of like Elizabeth was saying just a minute ago of how maybe sometimes we lean towards a certain way of loving the Lord. And so, um, Hearing from all these different writers as well as going through it together in the local church is gonna you know cause everyone to grow hopefully in loving the Lord in these four ways.
1: yeah, so I was ahead. just gonna say that several of the women that you listed have been on the Mark podcast before, so we'll put links to their shows um in the show notes because we want you to get to know them as well, and I think that will be a good introduction um as you read or before you read their chapters in the book,
0: yeah. So, because you both teach at seminary, um, I, I have a feeling that maybe some of what you see in the women who are coming there was also motivation for the book. Am I right? Or how how did that help in the process? Yeah, I think for me, Kelly, that's a great question uh, because I don't
2: necessarily think that maybe our, our seminary students were the motivation for writing. But what was, was my experience in the counseling room that I use as instruction in my classroom. Um, So I'm very often bringing in things from my counseling room to the classroom and urging my students to care for their counselees in a really holistic way. Uh, And that very much parallels, you know, what we want to teach all ministers of the gospel to do, right? To love the Lord fully and love our neighbors fully. Um, And so while our, our seminary students maybe weren't the, explicit motivation, um, they they are in many ways that we want to see all of the students who leave Southeastern, um, we're the Great Commission Seminary, we want to see them go and fulfill the Great Commission and spread the gospel. And part of that is loving people and loving people well um, and responding to them well.
3: Yeah, and so for me, um, you know, Kristen dealing with the counseling aspect, I'm more on the side of Uh, equipping women to be leaders in disciple making. And so I see this as as a means for students um, to take this kind of as a paradigm for ways that they can make sure that when they are doing the work of discipleship, that they're hitting these four areas um, so that they Mm -hmm. are obeying that command to love their neighbor as they disciple other women. They're helping uh, their neighbors to love the Lord uh, Mm -hmm. with their heart, soul, mind, and strength.
1: Yeah. I think I could see it being used, like you said, both personally and in your church, um, for sure. And Kristen, you've mentioned uh, your focus with women is primarily in the area of counseling, mm-hmm. and, and you kind of spoke a little bit about this, but you also have another book coming out in spring of 2022. Is that correct? It
2: is. Okay. Yes. Tell us a little
1: a- bit about that and how like your work impacted your desire for both books to be available and then to like, as, as they're being read, what you desire for women?
2: Yeah, no, great question. So um, the other book that I have coming out in, I think we're slated for March right now, um, is a counseling women textbook. Um, But I wanted to write it in a way that is accessible uh, because even though, and we we assert this in the whole woman that um, we are, we are just like every other person. And yet as women, we are distinct and we're different. And so I wanted to write a book about counseling that was specific to needs that women might have and how uh, that's nuanced as opposed to maybe counseling a man or counseling um, kind of without gender in view. And so um, that's why that's there. I think that these books go hand in hand in many ways. Maybe uh, The Whole Woman is the popular non-scholarly side of it and the Counseling Women book uh, takes that and fleshes it out in an academic way. Uh, but hopefully is still readable. But, um, you know, I just I, I want to see us equipping women well. And I think we as women love one another genuinely, usually, um, and we want to care for one another. So whether that's in the local church and ministry or whether that's in the targeted ministry of biblical counseling, I think we need to be equipped and we need to give women solid, theologically solid resources for doing that.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I definitely think that both of these books could be in any leader's library. Um, So this one definitely is going to give them just some good framework of just, you know, how how do we love the Lord our God, you know, with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then, you know, the counseling aspect, I really do think is going to have some practical handles of, when that woman comes to you with the specific needs, um, and I think you address some, you know, really specific types of crisis in, in women's lives, and and so yeah. women are always looking for those handles as leaders, and so I think both of those will be good. Um, and you know, you mentioned just how women are distinct, and Julia, you teach classes that are geared towards kind of that ministry to women. And I get this question a lot um, from young women who are thinking about education or even just thinking in ministry terms, like, why, why is it important to have women's programs? Like, why, why do we need them? And is it helpful? So I think that's a question. I don't know if you get that question, but I get that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do get that question. I think it's a great question. Um, and the answer to me really is women's programs, I, I believe, are important Um, because when you think about the makeup of the church, um, a lot of times you hear it said that the church is over half of it is made up of women and those women in the churches have all been given um, by God different giftings according to the Spirit, right? We know that women have all different types of ways to serve and edify the body Um, and so some of those women uh, are particularly called to lead in discipling other women. And so we wanna make sure here at Southeastern that alongside all of our other degrees, we offer degrees specific for those ladies who feel burdened for and called by God to serve women um, in the church or on the mission field or whatever. Um, All the degrees here at Southeastern are available to to women, any degree, undergrad through PhD, PhD. Um, But again, specific for ministry to women, I'm just hopeful that that those women who have been gifted and called by the Lord for that specific area um, might realize that, hey, there's something beyond um, maybe what I'm seeing and learning in the local church that can equip me to come back to the church and serve it in a better way. And so I think it's, helpful to have those distinctive programs, Um, especially because, you know, 20 years ago when I went to seminary, it just was not on the radar. Like you could go to seminary and you could get a degree in uh, Christian education or worship ministry. Um, There were classes on youth ministry and kids ministry, but not a lot of classes at all on ministry to women. And so I'm really grateful to be a part of a school that that values um, women serving in the local church so much so that it wants to offer, you know, degree programs specific for that ministry.
0: Yeah, I'm really grateful for that too. And I think you mentioned something that we don't talk a lot about, and that is the mission field and equipping women to serve women, even overseas, because there are certain contexts where men won't be able to minister to women in the same way overseas and so we really do need our missionaries to be equipped to know how to minister to women so i think that's a that's a really important aspect to to what you're doing there
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah for sure and i am excited to see
1: like I would love to know where everybody is now. And I know y'all do the I Am Going campaign, um, Mm -hmm. which is such a cool thing to see, like all the different ways people are using their seminary degrees. Um, It's not just like, not, I say just, but it's not only, I guess that's the word I should use. It's not only to serve in like full-time church staff ministry, but also um, all across the spectrum in different ways and, And that's always cool to me to see, like, different ways that people are using their theological education to do all kinds of different things. Because we need people who know about the Bible and know about theology in all these different fields. And so um, that's always really fun to see. And kind of speaking of the different kinds of aspects of this, Kristen, you have mentioned your mom with little ones at home. So what are some fun things that you like to do with your family to keep some balance? Like we've talked about uh, loving God with our whole selves. So how do we love him with our whole time? Like, what are just some fun things? What are some um, things that you do to just kind of keep balance um, as you do all of these academic pursuits as well? Yeah, that's a great question,
2: Elizabeth. Um, So with, three little ones at home, if I were to be totally honest, and maybe some of our listeners can identify with this, uh, but with three kids, five and under, most days it's survival mode, right? Um, but what what we love to do, my husband and I love to just be outside. Um, we have some land outside of town that we like to just go and hike on and walk around and just see the beauty of the Lord's creation and um, take time away from the hustle and bustle and demands and Um, turn our phones off and just be still, right? Um, And then just enjoy the creation and teach our kids kind of along those lines. Um, I will tell you though, I'll I'll be honest as I hear that question, um, for me personally, I study in academia is life-giving to me. Um, So it it doesn't feel like work when I'm writing or when I'm studying or um, doing all of these things. it is life-giving, and I'm grateful to the Lord for that. So um, there is a sense of balance as needed, but um, I'm totally a nerd at heart, and I love <laughs> love reading uh, <laughs> theology books and talking about things like that. So, um, But I try to step away, too, some with our kiddos and my husband and be outside and
1: just rest, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think that God has given us all different interests and desires, and it's great that you love to— do the academic stuff because that's what he's given you to do. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. And I am also a fan of the outdoors. I think when you work all day on a computer, like just yes. being outside, no matter in what form, is just great. So um, I, I feel like you probably also have some great uh, fall foliage up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Almost this time of year. Probably by the time people are listening to it, it will be the time of year for some great. I love visiting uh, the Carolinas in the fall. So that's one of my favorite drives is from Nashville to like Asheville and Raleigh and all those places. So yeah.
0: Yeah, North Carolina kind of gets both. I mean, you get the mountains and then you can get all the way to the the coast and stuff. So that's kind of nice too. Mm -hmm. Julia, you kind of, North Carolina is kind of newer to you. So how's that adjustment been? yeah it's been great. um I never in the world
3: thought I would live in North Carolina. <laughs> I've kind of just you know always been in the deep south and Alabama, Tennessee, and a little bit of Mississippi and so when the Lord called me here three years ago, um I was just so excited to learn that I would be three hours from the beach and or two hours from the beach and three hours from the mountains and so yeah that's a benefit um also got married after I moved here, so it was it's really funny because when I was called to serve at Southeastern, a lot of my older friends uh, that I worked with, ladies who loved me and been praying for me to have a husband, they told me when I got this position, they were like, oh, the Lord's moving you there uh, to get married, and I was adamant. I was like, no, the Lord's moving there for ministry, um, but God did have that in mind, and so it's been such a blessing um, just to to come here and, you know, my husband has made North Carolina home um, and the Southeastern community has made it home for me. It's such a great, wonderful place to, to work and, and live, live in, and I also have to say that, you know, I lived in the, in the barbecue capital, Memphis. I was
0: going to say that, I was like, okay, you've got to choose, Memphis or North
3: Carolina. Yeah, to the sadness of my Memphis friends, I'm gonna have to say that I think that North Carolina barbecue is better. So
1: (laughs) I do like the white sauce. I'm gonna have to say that as well.
3: Isn't that a North Carolina thing? No, it's terrible. We're gonna have a fight about this, I think. I think the white (laughs) sauce is actually an Alabama
1: thing. Okay, never mind. (laughs) Clearly I don't know mine my barbecue locations other than I I'm from Nashville, so ours is the pulled pork thing, and that's I didn't know barbecue came in other kinds until I was an adult. I was like, oh,
0: there's brisket. No, yeah, pulled pork is not barbecue. Like, You really need to go to Kansas City or Texas and get beef and, yeah, okay, so (laughs) enough about barbecue. This is not the barbecue podcast. This is the (laughs) podcast. So
1: one question that we ask everybody, and um, so we would like to ask the two of you, and Julia, we'll let you go first this time since Kristen introduced herself first. But what has marked each of you in your walk with Christ?
3: Um, I've been thinking about this, and I think it's probably the same answer I had the last time uh, when I joined y'all on this That's, podcast. Okay, yeah. yeah, I think it's just dependence upon the Lord, um, dependence upon who He is, who is who He is in, in His character, um, and seeking Him for leadership and guidance through the Holy Spirit. As I think about making the big decision to move here three years ago, Mm. um, just resting in who God is and depending on Him for every step of the way. You know, uh, one of the verses that has always stood out to me when thinking about, you know, serving the Lord in ministry and, um, you know, laying your life down to serve the Lord. um, Jesus said that, you know, he who has left houses or brothers or sisters Uh, for the sake of the gospel and for His sake, will receive a hundred times more than that um, now and even in eternal life. And so just dependence on the Lord for Him to be faithful to provide for life and godliness here on earth and
1: in eternity. Kristen, what about you?
2: Yeah, I, I, Julie and I were talking about this earlier today, and I think mine is similar. Um, But I think really what the Lord has impressed on me especially over the last eight or 10 years, um, is just a a reliance on his word as truth and as reality. And that um, we, uh, I think especially as women, sometimes we give a lot of credibility to our emotions and our experiences. And sometimes those can feel contradictory to the word of God, um, but his word reminds us that his word is true regardless of what we feel or what we experience. Uh, And his word should be the filter through which we view our feelings and our experiences. Um, And so I feel like over the last several years, and especially in counseling somewhat, um, the Lord has just brought to mind over and over um, that his word is true. And my experiences are not what validates it as true, but his word is what validates or explains my experiences or my emotions um, and the priority of scripture in that. Um, so that that just has been the reverberating theme that the Lord has kept telling me over the last several years.
0: I love that. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. Well, thank you both of you and we're so excited about the book coming out and so we want to encourage our listeners to go to LifeWay.com and and check out The Whole Woman and we um, hope that you will enjoy that. We would love to see, I'm sure that Julia and Kristen would love to, for you to leave a review and, and say good things about it. So we hope that you'll buy the book and thank you Julia and Kristen for being with us today. Um, it was it was great just to catch up with both of you. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. All right. Well, listeners, thanks again for joining us. And Elizabeth and I will be back next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heinman. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast connect with us you can also find lifeway women on all social media channels
1: at lifeway women all of today's show notes will be posted at lifewaywomen.com slash
0: podcast if you love the show leave an itunes review it's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast we'll see you next time